Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. God, it will be pulled down. It will be dealt with on today through this word in Jesus' name. We honor you, we glorify you, and we magnify your name in Jesus' name. Before we go into the scripture, I want to say this to everybody in this room. Get rid of your cell phones. When you're in the house of the Lord, you want to pay attention. You don't want to be looking at your cell phone. You don't want to be doing this, that, or the third, which y'all say. Did I say it right? You don't want to be doing all that because we are in a war. And you want to make sure you're paying attention at all times. The Bible says, my son... Pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto all those that find them. And they are health to all flesh. That means the word is your medicine. The enemy wants you to miss the word because he knows that there is life in the word. He knows that the word will quicken you. The word will bring you life. God is not about death. He is about life. So whatever you holding on to, whatever you're listening to, you need to turn it off and you need to pay attention to the word of God. Amen. We need to honor him. We need to show respect to him when we are in the house of the Lord because he's bringing you what you need. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, wake up. Say, it is time for the word of God, the word of life. Amen. If you would, let's go back to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And I'll be reading verse 10. And I'm going to go into a little bit of verse 14. We're going to take this little by little. Amen. Ephesians 6. Beginning at verse 10, I'm reading out the New King James Version. When we get there, let us say amen. Amen. The word of God reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to stop there. You may be seated. We're talking about the armor of God and, and we're teaching this 
because we are in a battle and you're going to be in this battle until Jesus come and take you home. So we want to be prepared for the battle that we're in. We don't want to get prepared. We want to be prepared. You can get prepared, but you have to always be ready because you don't know what's going to pop up in your life. So you want to make sure that you're well-rounded in the word of God, not just taking some of it, but we want to take in all that God has done for us as his saints, amen, his set-apart ones. So we began with, um, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That means that we can't look to ourselves. We can't look to no one else. We have to look to him. He is the author. He is the finisher of our faith. That means our confidence, our trust, our reliance in this battle has to be on him. It cannot be on us. It cannot be on your significant other, your husband, your wife, your children, your pets, your boss, whoever it is. You have to have your focus on God and God alone. So Paul is warning in that first part. He said, your, your strength have to be in him. This is why Paul said, we can do all things. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Paul knew that his strength came from God doing the things and the trials and the persecution and everything he was going through. He went over that in second Corinthians, the 12th chapter, when Paul was going through a thorn in his flesh. And the reason why he was going through, because he had an abundance of revelation and Paul began to brag on God and it's okay to brag on God. But I want you to know when you begin to brag on God, the enemy is going to turn up the heat. So what Satan did, he bought buffet him. He had a thorn in his flesh and that thorn in Paul's flesh was buffeting him to the point that he did turn to God and God began to say, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. So what God was saying, I have given you everything you need to fight in this battle. So God is telling us, I have given you everything you need to fight in this battle. This is a spiritual battle, y'all. This is not a natural battle. This is a spiritual battle. So you have to fight with spiritual weapons. You cannot fight with human weapons. This is why the word of God says in 2 Corinthians 10th chapter, verse 5. What does it say? For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thoughts to the obedience of Christ. So we're not fighting with just human weapons. Amen. We have to have our confidence in God and knowing when we go into battle, we're looking to him. That's what David did when he fought Goliath. He didn't look to David. He looked to God. He said the same God that delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear. This is the same God that's going to deliver me. That's going to deliver us from this uncircumcised Philistine because he don't have a covenant with God the way I have a covenant with God. How dare he? him come up against my God because he is strong. He is mighty. He's the all sufficient one. He had such a relationship with God. He stayed so in fellowship with God that no matter how big the battle was, David didn't come down and see God is not looking at the outer. 
He's looking at the inner. He's looking at what's in the heart. See, we can come before people looking a certain way on the outside, but God said, I know your heart. I know what you're going to do even before you do it. I know your thoughts from even afar off. So we have to be prepared for this battle. And then he goes on to say that our strength is in the Lord. Be strong in him and in the power of his might. But he goes on again to say, put on the whole armor. You can't put on a piece of it. You got to put on all of it. You can't be slacking in battle. When a soldier go out in battle, he just don't put on his helmet. He's geared up. He's ready for that battle. So when we put on the whole armor, before we put it on, we talked about that we got to cast off the works of darkness. Some of us have things that we're still doing that we should not be doing. You cannot go in battle in darkness and in light. You got to cast off that darkness. That means you got to get rid of gossip. You got to get rid of hate. You got to get rid of pride. You got to get rid of rebellion. You got to get rid of all of this stuff, selfishness. You got to get rid of envy. You got to get rid of pity parties. You got to get rid of complaining and murmuring. You cannot go in battle with those things on. He said you got to cast off the works of darkness and some of us don't want to take the time to ask God what am I holding on to God what's keeping me from moving forward and from doing what you will have me to do in my life God show me me search me and see if there's any evil way in me come on some of us don't want to be searched I don't know about y'all, but when cops pull you over and they feel like you need to be searched, they search you because they know if they don't search you and you got something on you that will kill them, then they're in trouble. So they say, uh-uh, come on, I want to search you. Come on, somebody. So God is telling us we got to go to him and say, God, what is it? What is it? Why am I still in the same place? Why haven't I moved a little higher? Why am I going through the same thing? It might be the company you keep in. It might be who you still around and you don't want to let them go because your confidence is not in God. It's in them. Or then again, it might be you, me, myself, and I, meaning that I can do this all by myself. I don't need God. I don't need nobody. I can make it. The devil is a lie. In him, you're strong. You can do nothing without him. He is divine. You are the branches. You have to stay connected to that vine. But what we got to understand, the enemy know our weaknesses. So see, we got to be prepared, even in those weak areas. We got to be prepared for battle because that's what he's going to come at. Those weak areas. So he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against. That means you got to put on this armor so you can oppose what the enemy is coming at you with. What is he coming at you with? He's coming at you with deceit. He's trying to deceive you. Now, remember, we went back in that garden when that enemy was in the garden. He could have used any animal in that garden. He could have used the elephant to stomp on your head or their head. He could have used the lion or the bear to say, this is what you're going to do. You're going to eat that fruit. But he came in that subtle through the serpent. He used the serpent, something that was so subtle because he's a trickster. Don't you know he'll use your mate against you? If your mate allow him to, don't you know he'll use your children against you? If they allow him to, he'll use your your dogs, he'll use your mother, your father, your sister, your brother. He will use whomever want to be used. And guess what? Some of them are saved folk. 
Save folk, the ones that's getting taught, them the ones he used the most. The ones that don't get in their word and see what God have to say about the situation. Coming up with their own opinions because you're telling them truth. Come on, somebody. It's the church. He already got the world. It's the church. The ones you sit beside every Sunday. The ones you talk to every Sunday. The ones you think got your back. He's whispering in their ear and say, look how they're coming at you. Look how they're talking about you. Everything you always do is now. Oh, I know I'm talking right. Because see, when I'm in the spirit on the Lord day, I can hear real good, y'all. Look how they're always doing this and always doing that. Always coming at me this way. Don't come at nobody. Come on, the devil is using the church. You're the church. This is just a building. Church folk. Hmm, it's so quiet in here. So he know who he can use. The ones who sitting home having a pity party. Nobody do this for me. Nobody do that for me. Coming up with your own opinion. Some of you mad right now because I'm speaking truth. But that's what it's supposed to be. That flesh supposed to rise up where you know you need deliverance in that area. See, the problem is people are creeping. They're not getting to the root of what's going on. They're covering it up to keep people where they want to keep them. I want you to be where God wants you to be, not where I want you to be. If you're never like me, it's okay because they hated Jesus. They're going to hate me because I'm about his business. As long as I know I'm pleasing God, I don't have to please man. So we got to line up. We got to be prepared for battle because we are in a spiritual battle, y'all. It's everywhere. Families are breaking apart. Kids are coming against their parents, literally killing their parents. Come on, don't you see the evil in the world? God is getting you prepared. He's preparing you. Don't just take this teaching like it's nothing. We've been doing this for what? Five weeks, four weeks? Going over the same thing. Why? Because God said, I'm enlightening you. I'm showing you what's going on around you. You need to grab hold of this. You are in a evil world. And he's showing you how to live in that evil world. He said, put on the whole armor of God. Not just part of it. That you will be able to stand against. That you will be able to oppose the lies, the trickery of the enemy. You have an enemy. He is mad because he know where he's going. He's just trying to take some of us with him. So then it goes on. Then he said, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, quit fighting against me. Come on, look at them again. Say, quit fighting against me. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Say, no whom you are wrestling against. And say, it ain't me. The Bible tells you who it is. He said, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And I gave you some examples last Sunday. Even Jesus, he is our example. Paul is our example. In the Bible, in Mark chapter 1, It talks about in 23 and 26 that Jesus went into the synagogue. Just like you coming into this building to hear the word of God. Don't think that the enemy ain't going to flare up in church. 
Because whatever you carrying or whomever you carrying is going to begin to flare up and act mad. It's going to be like a bull. The, the nose going to widen a little bit and you ain't know your nose was that big. Because when the word of God is spoken, you begin in the seat to just try to keep your composure and got evil all over your face. I bet you woke today. So he said, Jesus was in that synagogue and he was teaching. The word says, now there was a man in their synagogue. Don't think the devil ain't coming up in the building where the church is. We bring him in here. Y'all didn't know. With an unclean spirit. And he cried out saying, let us alone. Some of y'all sitting in that seat right now in your head telling me to shut up. Ain't nothing but the devil. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. When you're walking in the spirit and you're doing what God tells you to do, you're going to get called out. You don't have to tell nobody I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with what? Evangelists that. You don't have to tell nobody that. Because when you walk in a room, they're going to cut out. They're going to come at you. Because you are carrying the presence of the Lord. And his presence is getting revealed through you. People ain't going to like you. But this is what Jesus said. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. He didn't talk to the man. He talked to the spirit that was in the man. Now, how many of us are talking to the spirit instead of talking to the person? And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Why did he come out of him? Because Jesus had power. He had authority over those unclean spirits. And every time he showed up, they had to come out. Y'all better be prepared. Y'all got some people around you right now that need to be delivered. And you need to be calling that spirit out. This is why you need to be getting prepared so you'll know what to call out. That's why you need the power of the Holy Ghost. See, some of us, when we get born again, that's the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. That's your new identity. That's your first experience with the Holy Spirit. But you got to have power to be an effectual witness. That's why the baptism of the Holy Ghost come into play. See, there's two experiences that you get when you become born again. You just not left with the fruit of the Spirit. God said in order to be an effectual witness, you got to have some power that comes from on high to do what I'm sending you to do you need more than just to be born again and have a new identity because of the holy spirit people need to know that you're from the kingdom of god and the kingdom come with power there is a difference people say i don't need those tongues i don't need all that Oh, you need everything you can get in order to stay down here in this evil world. God said, you think I'm going to leave my children down here in an evil world. And I walk the earth myself as the son of man. Even though he was the son of God, he walked as the son of man in the flesh. And he had to be baptized with fire from above to be an effectual witness for his father. Y'all don't read your word. 
Everything Jesus did is what we're supposed to be doing. How is those parts leaving the church? Because people scared. They don't want stuff in the church that's going to heal, deliver, and set the captives free. The only thing they want in the church is traditions of men, which makes the word of God of none effect. The only thing they want in the churches is money, money, money. But God sent us out to heal, deliver, and set the captives free. Come on, if we're going to have church, let's have church. Acts 16, I'm giving you proof from the word. Come on, if you in your word, you should know. Acts 16, this is what was going on with Paul. Paul was going around proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the good news, y'all. Paul was going around, he was talking about it. But guess what? There was a slave girl that had an owner, was possessed with a spirit of divination, which was a python spirit. And that slave girl went around for days annoying Paul, but Paul turned to that spirit and he spoke to the spirit, not to the girl. He said, come out of her. And when that spirit come out of her, the master was upset because he could not gain no money from that spirit of divination, from that fortune teller, which some of y'all have went to. A fortune teller, you opening up evil. By calling them 1-800-NUMBERS trying to figure out if you're going to get a husband or if you're going to be rich. You don't have to say preach or teach. I'm going to keep right on. (laughs) I'm just giving you the word. So Paul spoke to the spirit. And by Paul speaking to that spirit, telling that spirit to come out, the owner was mad. So guess what the devil does? I'm getting right back to what the devil used, lies. Because Paul opposed the devil. The devil came back and lied on Paul, got them beaten, put them in the prison with stalks. But that didn't stop the word. See, we got to understand that when trouble come, it should not stop the word. Whatever comes in your life, it should not stop the word. So Paul and them was in prison and they thought they had him. The devil thought they had Paul and them. But Paul and them began to pray. They began to sing praises unto the Lord. And the Bible said, suddenly, there was an earthquake. Something came in. The power of God shook that prison. And the doors of the prison opened. And the man that was holding the prison, he was so afraid because he knew they're going to kill me because they got loose. But Paul ended up speaking the gospel to them. They end up getting saved. Paul was prepared. He was prepared that no matter what happened in his life, no matter what was going on, Paul was ready for that battle because he knew he was strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He knew that he had to stand up against the lies and the trickery and the deceit of the enemy. He knew he had power to cast out whatever was on in somebody. He knew he had those rights. Then there's another in Matthew 16. Do y'all remember in Matthew 16 that Jesus was asking them, who do men say that I am? So they began to tell Jesus, but then he began to talk to his followers and say, who do you? Oh, let's, that's, another, that's another sermon there. See, we always trying to go to people and ask them, do they know Jesus? 
But then you need to turn back around and say, how much do you know about Jesus? You're trying to tell me. So Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And the spirit of the Lord told Peter who he was. And when he told Peter whom he was, he said, I know flesh and blood did not tell you this, Peter. He said, but I know my father, which is in heaven. He revealed, he made this known to you. And then he began to talk about the church upon this rock. What is it? The gates of hell shall not prevail. And I'm going to give you the keys. Come on to the kingdom. In that very same chapter, y'all got to check it out. When you get to verse 21, now let's look at this. After all that happened, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed and raised the third day. Then Peter, the one that revealed, the one that the spirit revealed that he was the Christ. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Saying, far it be from you, Lord, this should not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me for you're not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Now, this same Peter that got revelation from God, he allowed the enemy to use him to come up against what God was doing through Jesus. Y'all, it's to nothing but the truth. I can preach a sermon. Before the end of the day, the devil cutting up in the church. Come on, somebody. Christ is revealed to you. And before we can even leave out of here to go home, we got some opposition in the church. I know I'm preaching. But you got to know where the opposition is coming from. You can't come against flesh and blood, y'all. You got to ask the spirit of the living God, what spirit is operating in that person that they are allowing to come out against me like this? And then you speak to the spirit, not to the person. Let's move on. The next thing, he said, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. I gave you scriptures to prove that, right? But then he told you, God, don't leave you ignorant of Satan devices, y'all. We be ignorant because we choose to be. So the next thing he said, we're fighting against is principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places, in, in heavenly places. So he's telling you, these are the ones that's opposing you. These are the ones that's coming against you. Satan's little army. But see, our problem is, this is what I have learned. It don't matter how big that army is, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. When you spend too much time talking about the devil, he know you ain't prepared. When we spend too much time, oh, it's the devil. What you going to do about it? You calling on him. Are we calling on Satan more than we calling on Jesus? Yeah, some of us do. How do I know? When you whine and complain, you in Satan's kingdom. When you gossip, you in Satan's kingdom. All us guilty of that. My Lord, I'm guilty of that. What? Say what? No, child. Come on now. Then when the Holy Ghost kick in, I got to get off this phone. That wasn't right. I shouldn't have said that. Look at him. That was wrong. I shouldn't even been. See, y'all just don't know. 
from the pulpit on down, all of us are gossipers. If I say I wasn't at times, I'd be a liar. And the truth ain't in me. See, I, I, I don't want to give the devil no room in my life. Oh, we're getting somewhere with this teaching. This is why some people can't stand the church and don't want to be born again because we got too many holy, holy rollers and act like they don't do nothing wrong. But by the time I through it, get through with this teaching, you're going to see you and, and stop looking at everybody else. But mainly, you need to see Jesus. And when you see Jesus, you won't be looking at other folk. So he's telling us who we fighting against, where the battle is. So then we go on to John 16, 33, where Jesus is saying, these things I have spoken to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but be of a good cheer. I have overcome the world. So if he's already overcome the world, we're in him. He's in us. So we overcome us because of Jesus, right? So it don't matter which um, principality or what rank it come in. When you know who you are, now that you're in Christ, you ain't worrying about how high they are. Then another one is Ephesians 1, 20 through 21. Listen at this, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Listen where Jesus was seated far above all principalities, powers, and mights, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Jesus knew he was far above them. Now that we're in him, we're seated with him, and we're far above them as well. So we're looking down at them. Guess what? They got to bow down to us. So when we know these things, we're not worrying about the rank. It's too many people mapping out territory. When you go into a city, you're going into that city with the power of God and the authority of God. You don't have to map out nothing. Just know that when you go in with the word, whatever's there, it can't stay. Light and darkness cannot mix. I remember we went to a church and the Holy Spirit is reminding me of this. And I, I spoke on this before. God has sent us to a church and this church he sent us to, he told me, he said, I just want you to fast for three days. Nothing but grape juice. Didn't understand what God was doing, but I was obedient to him. So when we got over there, as I'm sitting on the pulpit, I'm sitting, just speaking in tongues quietly. Let me talk about that too. When you're speaking in tongues, you're not speaking loudly to let people know I have a heavenly language. That's between you and God. It ain't to get in no church and stand up and start speaking in tongues and try to tell somebody something. If there's no interpretation of that tongue in the house, you politely sit down before somebody say, sit down. That's order in the church. Read it. You don't just do it just to let people know I have a heavenly language, but you don't even know how to use what you got. So you need to shut up and sit down. Anyway, I was in there on the pulpit speaking low. And, my, and this is funny. When you have people that you're raising up and that you have taught, they're going to watch you. So I had two gentlemen, Brother John and Brother Kenny. I'm sitting with my head like this, speaking low. They catch on. Next thing I know, I look up. They, they said, we know what was going on, Pastor. Only thing we know, you went in that heavenly language. We, we couldn't hear you, but we know you was warring, doing something. So I sat there quietly. When I got ready to come up and speak and preach, the whole, about the whole church began to manifest. People began to throw up. People was beginning to fall out. God was doing a deliverance in that house. 
At the end of that service, the woman said, the ones that was in this church, we didn't want them in it. Because some of the things that they were doing and some of the things that was happening in their lives. But look at God. God had to show himself mighty. He had to show himself strong and it wasn't me. It was the God in me. So this is what I'm telling you. When you make it about you, when you go in to say, yeah, I'm a demon slayer, you're going to be running naked and bruised because you're making it about you. It ain't about you. It's about him and what he wants to do through you. Every assignment ain't for you. Just because you got to be careful. So then we go on to Colossians 2.15. When we know these things, it said he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Jesus disarmed Satan of his right to rule, of his right to have authority. So when you know these things, you're not sitting up there trying to figure out how am I going to fight these principalities. When you know who you are, now that you and him, you have everything you need to go against whatever's coming at you. So then we go on to verse 13. It says, again, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Look, he's, he keep telling us this. You got to take up this whole armor so you will be able to withstand in what? In the evil day. We are in evil days, y'all. And having done all to stand. But this is the first piece of armor that we're going to go into today that he's telling us to put on. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Now, when we go back into the Old Testament, and I'm going to give you examples on what he mean by gird your waist with truth. That's the belt of truth. You got to put on truth before you put on anything else, okay? But in the Old Testament, when we look at in the book of Exodus 12, remember when God was getting them out of bondage. He was getting them out of Egypt and he was telling them, this is what I want you to do. When I see the blood on the doorposts, the deaf angel is going to pass you by, okay? So we know that, but this is what God told them to do. He told them how to eat it. He said, this is the way you must eat it. You must be fully dressed. Check this out. As if you were going on a trip with your loins girded. You must have your sandals on your feet, your walking stick in your hand. You must eat it in a hurry. This is the Passover. God said, you can't leave out undressed. He said, you got to be leaving out in a hurry. He said, so I want your loins girded. And I'm going to go into everything meant by that. Second Kings 429. This is Elijah talking to Gehazi. When I believe it was when the mother came to him about the boy and the boy was dead. Elijah told Gehazi in second Kings 429, get ready, tuck in your cloak, gird up your loins. And he said, taking my walking stick in your hand and go quickly. If you meet anyone, don't say hello. If anyone greets you, don't respond. Lay my walking stick on the boy's face. Let me give you another one. Second Kings 9, 1. This is Elijah again. At the same time, Elijah the prophet called a man from the group of the prophets. Elijah said, get ready and take this small bottle of oil in your hand to go to Ramoth and Galad. He was getting ready to anoint somebody for a position. Now, why am I giving you all this? Because 
in battle, when they get ready to go to battle, a man will wear something like a dress. That dress, if that dress is not pulled up and put in his lawns with that belt, he will trip. He wouldn't be ready for battle because he'll be tripping all the time over his clothes. So when they say gird up, they say, come on, we got to be battle ready. You can't have nothing in your way that's going to trip you up. What is God saying to you today? You can't have nothing in your way that's going to trip you up. You got to have truth. Anything outside of truth is going to trip you up. Some of y'all has been tripped up. Anything that you have put on or put before God will trip you up. You will not be able to go into this battle because you cannot put on truth with other things in the way that's going to trip you up. Peter even said this in 1 Peter 1.13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Come on, somebody. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You got to gird up your mind. Your mind got to be prepared and it got to be ready. So let's talk about that. Isn't God good? See, when you read the word of God, you go into the old to understand how they were preparing themselves for battle. They didn't just go into battle any kind of way. Come on, in the natural, in the military, they don't go into battle any kind of way. They're not going to send you into battle any kind of way. You got to be trained. You got to be raised up before that battle. They don't just wait till the battle come and just throw you out there. They want you to be ready To defend the United States. Amen. They want to know who they have that can be defenders. That can defend their faith. Can defend what they believe in. And see some of us take this to play with. And if the devil ain't messing with you like he messing with me. It is because you too. How can I put it? You're not where you need to be. The higher you go. The more you're going to deal with. But if you just sit there and say, you know, I ain't bothered. My finance is okay. I'm in good health. My physical was good and everything's all good. I double dog dare you to get in the word like you should. And let's see what happened to you then. Come on, somebody. As long as you dip it and trip and got one foot here and one, the other one there, the devil ain't going to mess with you because he got you right where he wants you. Come on, the devil lie to you right quick. The devil used Christian folks to lie. And they know they're lying. Come on, y'all. It's right in the church. And when you're in the spirit, you can see what's in the midst of you without anybody telling you. So, this is what we need. Gird up the loins, the belt of truth. This is truth that we put on first. And in order to put on this truth, we got to know truth. Jesus is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can come to the Father except they go, what? Through him. That's in St. John 14, 6. So we have to have on truth, which is Jesus Christ. Meaning, I have to accept what Jesus done on my behalf. I have to be born again, y'all. I can't go in this war saying that I'm born again. But knowing I have not confessed with what I believe in my heart. Because we can make a confession with our lips, but our heart is far from it. 
Come on, when you're truly born again and you truly accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you tasting and seeing how good he is because you're staying in the word of God, the word of life, and the things that you used to do, you don't want to do it no more. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. The, the dances you used to dance, the songs you used to sing, the way you rolling and doing all this stuff, you just don't want to do it no more. You don't like it no more. You don't want to dip and trip no more. You don't want to mess with nobody else's husband, nobody else's wife. You don't want to fornicate no more. Your heart has turned. Don't tell me you know my Lord. Yes, we have some weaknesses. Oh... All of us have some, but we want to work on those weaknesses. We don't want to be in that same situation. See, the devil don't want you to spend time with truth. Jesus is truth. And the more time we spend with him, the more we crying out to God with our whole heart and say, God, I don't want to be this way no more. I don't want to act this way no more. I don't want to talk this way no more. I don't want to live this way no more. I don't want to go this way no more. I want to get on the narrow road, not the wide road. Everything is on that road, God. I'm not comfortable no more. I need help. And the Lord, he'll give you the help. He'll send the help you need. But the problem is we always blaming somebody. Lord, I wouldn't be this way if they weren't this way. I wouldn't be acting this way if my husband would treat me right. Come on. That's what they did in the Garden of Eden. Everybody blamed somebody. The first thing Adam said, the woman you gave me, he blamed God. Then Eve said that serpent. But the old serpent didn't blame nobody. We put blame <clears throat> on a lot of people. If people would do this, if I, people would do that. Let me tell y'all something. My husband said, you said, let me tell you something. <laughs> I can't blame my husband for my mishaps. If I said it, I said it. And I can't say I said it because you said what you said. I'm responsible when I stand before God. I can't blame him for something I said. The problem is I'm blaming him for something I said. It must still be something under what I said that I don't like that he said before. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Come on, pride. Sometimes we don't want people to tell us we're wrong. So we got to come back with something else. Y'all, I'm going to teach y'all on manipulation. Ooh. It's deep. I was once a manipulator. Sometimes I can catch myself trying to manipulate my own husband. How do you manipulate a husband sometimes? When they telling you they want something, now you're trying to manipulate or thinking about what you want, and then you're trying to stick something up in there. The devil will catch you. I mean, the Lord will catch you, and you got to correct that. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. See, we got to know what we do and why we do it. That's why God send you teachers. This is why God send you the word to let you know what's right in front of you that's stopping you from getting where you need to be. And people do not want, some people don't want to hear truth. Because truth bring up stuff that has been swept up under the rug for such a long time. God deal with us so we'll know how to deal with others. So we need truth. And the Bible tells us 
And I like this in John 8, 31 through 32. Jesus was talking to the ones that believed on him. The ones that had accepted his word. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. If you abide in my word. That means you got to continue. Y'all abide means to continue. You are my disciples indeed. You got to abide. You got to stay in the word of God. You can't be in and out that word. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. The more you stay in the word of God and the word get in you, the more freer you get. Even though Christ have freed you, even though you are freed from the yoke of bondage, guess what? You can put yourself back in bondage by not knowing the truth of the word. And then when somebody bring you truth, offense come because you don't want to accept the truth that's in front of you because you think somebody picking on you all the time. Come on, love is going to tell you the truth. We speak truth in love. And people don't want people to tell them, okay, this is an area in your life that I'm seeing that you need to allow the word to take root. If you don't allow the word to take root in this area, there's going to be many other areas and it's going to overwhelm you and you're going to feel like you're losing your mind. Some people don't want to hear that. Now, why would you say I'm going to lose my mind? See how the devil quickly came in? Why would you want to speak like that? See how quickly the devil come in when, when God is sending somebody to you to let you know this is an area in your life that if you don't deal with that area, it's going to be more areas and you're going to be overwhelmed and it's going to cause you. He's warning you. He's telling you what's going to happen if you don't. God tells you this in the Bible. Did he not go back and tell them if you eat from that tree, you're going to surely die. What the God's supposed to say? There's a tree in there. There's a tree right there. Now, if you eat from it, I ain't going to say nothing was going to happen, but, you know, don't eat from it. He had to tell you the consequences from that tree. I want to ask y'all a question. Why is it that a, when a lawyer tells you if you do that, you go into jail? We'll listen diligently to that lawyer because we're thinking about don't drop the soap. <laughs> but when God tell you, stay out of that woman's house for that husband shoot and kill you. Somebody speaking witchcraft on you. That's just truth. You don't want to accept that. Or if a doctor tell you to quit eating pork chop or quit eating that, lay off the pork, bake it, don't fry it no more. Or you ain't going to live. All of a sudden, you so skinny, the wind blow you away. I tell you to get into the word of God and I'm the worst pastor it is because people think I'm picking on you. So I get talked about because I'm telling you where you need to be. Don't y'all see the devil? Oh, I feel it. We got a jealous and an envious spirit in here. We got an offensive spirit in here. We got a rebellious spirit in here. We got some witchcraft right in the church. And when you know these spirits, you know how they operate. Because you in the word and you know the motive. Some people don't want me to say nothing. She's a no. She act like she know everything. She always trying to tell somebody something. What about her house? 
What about it? That's why people leave in the church. People leave the church because they don't want to deal with truth. You shall know the truth and the truth will lead you out either door you want to go. As my daddy said, it'll drive you or it'll draw you. You have the choice of which one you want. Y'all, my name is famous. And I ain't Amos. It is. It's all over the place. Some folks in here put it there. Amen. (laughs) So he's saying, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And I love this one. Jesus was talking to the father when he was getting ready to go be with the father. He said, sanctify them. Set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. So he was saying, when I'm bringing the truth, I am sanctifying you. I'm setting you apart, letting you know who you are now that you're in Christ. The stuff you used to do, you can't do that no more. The word tells you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. So he says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is true. So... We go right back to Genesis 3.1. How when the truth is presented, God said, don't eat from that tree. If you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. Not a physical death, but a spiritual death. And that serpent that Satan was using came in and told Eve, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. See, he's after truth, y'all. He's after the word. The Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come to give you life, and I have come to give it to you more abundantly. I want you to have this Zoe life. And the more you stay in the word, the more of the Zoe life you're going to have. The more you stay in the word, the more opposition, the more persecution, the more things are going to come at you. But when you know the truth, you can stand, you can oppose what's coming up against you. You ain't denying that it's not there. Because if you deny it's not there, you become a liar. You're falling for a trap too. You're not saying it's not there. I see what's there, but I don't have to accept what's there because this is what truth is telling me. There is a difference. So when you know the truth, when you come fully acquainted with the truth, y'all, let me tell you what fully acquainted means. When you're dating, I'm going to go back with your parents. Let's start there. When you're in a household with parents and siblings, everybody know each other. Or we get to the point we think we know each other until people begin to drift off in their own direction. Y'all know when that begins to happen. When you're little, it's just like it's fun with your siblings. And as you get older, you slam in the door in their face. Get out of my room. I don't want you in here anyway. But a family as a unit, as a whole, they get to know each other. They're there for one another, right? They, they be walking around, you know, when the babies are little and their little underwear and stuff like that. Daddy and his underwear, everybody walking around. But then when you get older, you're going to gird up, <laughs> right? 
because as you get older anyway, so as you're doing these things, you're getting to know one another. But don't you know when that person, one of them in the house gets saved and begin to confess Christ and begin to know the truth, their eyes open up and they say, wait a minute, mama, that ain't right. How you cussing at daddy now? That, that's, that's not right. The Bible said, let all corrupt communication. Don't let no corrupt communication. Shut up and go over there and sit down for I cuss you. <laughs> Who you think you is? I'm your mama. Who you think you telling something? You can get out this house for all I care. You can drop dead. Come on, this is true. Because the, the child stirred up that spirit that was in that mama. With truth. So the child is going in the room feeling rejected, feeling unloved and crying out. And God began to speak to them even the more. God began to show them a vision, an open vision, begin to put their life in front of them and let them know it ain't going to be this way always. See, that's how it was with Joseph. Y'all, come on now. If you read the word of God, Joseph was disliked in his family. But it didn't stop Joseph from telling what God was saying. But it put him in a pit, y'all. Some of y'all may feel like you're in a pit with your family because you accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. You may feel like you ain't loved no more. Nobody don't want to be around you no more. They set you aside, but they know how to come in and try to deceive you to get you to do what they want. But because you know who you are, you say, no, that ain't how I was taught. That ain't what I learned. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. So when you get to know the truth, a house will divide. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Husband against wife. Wife will be against husband. Children against the parents. This is what the Bible speaks of. Why do y'all look at things and think it don't supposed to happen? If you're in your word, you know it's going to happen. But you stand because you're prepared for battle. Things begin to change, y'all. They don't, they're not the same no more. You can't even talk to family no more like you used to talk to family. I remember in the old days, it's always a patriot. It's always somebody in the family that's really praying and keeping the family where they need to be. They're standing on truth. But when they begin to die out, things begin to change in the family. You begin to have more devils than you had before that show disrespect and have people bowing down to them instead of standing for what the word is saying. But when you have somebody in the family that say for God, I live and for God I die, not up in him. You got to have somebody to stand up for what's right because when you stand before God, you got the answer for yourself, not for your daddy, your mama, your sister, your brother, your kids, nobody. So why do what they want you to do just to be a part of a family? That ain't no family. Love conquers a multitude of sin. That means if I get kicked out, hey, I'm going to tell you the truth because I'd rather for you to be with Jesus than to be in hell. And then you leave them to themselves because you gave them truth. Yeah, you're going to be the outcast, but it's okay. 
You're going to be talked about. You're going to be ridiculed because the way you're raising your kids ain't how they're raising their kids. You're going to be talked about when your kids ain't going to play with the, the Ouija board and other kids playing with the Ouija board. When the child is saying, no, you don't do that. That's not of God. Oh, you can't come to my house no more. Oh, I, I can't watch that. Everybody watch Scooby-Doo. Well, no, that promote fear. I, I can't watch that. Well, mama, next time don't invite them over here. Yeah, baby, I knew that when they were coming, but I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> what are you teaching your kids? Hate. As the Holy Ghost gets stirred up, y'all know I'm going to be stirred up. Because I don't mind truth. Because truth is what saved me, y'all. Truth brought me back to my right mind. And I'm not going to deny the truth to have no friends. Because many come and many go. But some come back. Just like the prodigal son. So we see what we need. We need truth. That's the first part of your armor is truth. You cannot go in battle without truth. Why are y'all trying to go in battle with someone and you don't know truth? Why are you out there trying to tell somebody else how to live and you ain't living that way yourself? Why are you out there trying to have a come to Jesus meeting and you just left your husband with hate? Or you left your kids in an uproar? Come on, somebody. Follow me as I follow Christ. The next part of armor that you have to put on is having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the belt is what holds up the breastplate. Let me tell you why. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When you put on that belt... You ain't going to have no problem putting on that breastplate of righteousness because your righteousness don't come from you. It come from the truth. Y'all better get it. See, you see, sometimes we teach on this stuff, but you got to teach, teach on this stuff. Don't just tell, call out the armor and say, put it on. You got to go through every piece of this armor. You don't get the breastplate of righteousness until you know truth. When you know truth, who you are now that you're in Christ, you can put on some righteousness because righteousness is right standing with God. You can't be in right standing with God outside of Jesus. Jesus is the belt of truth. Come on, somebody. So if you got on Jesus, you got on the breastplate of righteousness, but you got to know what Jesus done in order for you to be right before God. God ain't looking at you when you mess up. He's looking at Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for us so we can become the righteousness of God. So when Satan come at me and say what I done, I'm saying, Satan, it ain't what I done. It's what Jesus done on my behalf. And I can still have on that breastplate because it ain't about my self-righteousness. It's about his. See, when you know these things, you can have it on. Because you're going to get accused of different things. But when you know what Jesus truly done for you, guess what? You can stand. 
doing all you can stand because you know you have a new identity. Your identity is not based on you. It's based on what Jesus done. God is going off his son. He's not going off of you. And the more time you spend with truth, you will be able to walk the way that Jesus walked and talk the way that he talked. Not trying to put on something just to be self-righteous, but knowing who you are now that you and God, you ain't putting on a show. You, you can stop being a hypocrite. Some people are show an outer appearance. But the inner is messed up. When you truly know who you are and you spend time with the word of God, you don't have to put on a show for nobody. You're just going to live the way that you are. See, I have learned. I have learned so well, y'all. The more time I spend in this word, the more I see. And the more I see is what I want to tell. And the more I tell is helping somebody to come out of the trap. That the enemy is setting for them. But so many people are so interwoven in what they're doing. Envy and jealousy come in and think, oh, they don't want me to have. So I'm going to do it anyway. But then when you get what you think you want. And then you find out what you got is the devil himself. Using that person. Now you want to pray. When somebody tell you it ain't yet your time. Heed what they're saying. Oh, they mad because they ain't got nobody. They don't want me to have nobody. I ain't going to be old and wore out before I get somebody. Many times, Lord, rest my granddaddy's soul. I can talk about this man. I can even talk about my grandmother because I don't want people to think I leave my grandmother out because she was a virtuous woman. But I know what I learned from this man that put me here where I am today. Because I remember he used to carry me places with him and I used to fuss because I said, that's the talkingest man I ever seen. He need to hush. Every time I, he just talk and talk. Why you talk so much? But I saw what happened through him talking so much. He knew what was attacking the individual. And he, the more he talked the word, the more it manifests and the more that person got delivered. So I learned through him. I saw stuff through him that helped me today to recognize the things about being prepared for battle. So you got to have truth. Before you put on a breastplate of righteousness, because Jesus is the truth. He is your righteousness. When you put on that, you putting on him. So when you go in battle, guess what? The enemy want the vital organs. He want the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. But being that you know who you are now that you in him, he can't touch your heart because you're rooted. You're grounded in him. In him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. The attacks come when you are warring against people that are never in their word, church folks. The one that don't see what you see, you coming against church folks because you giving them truth and it's like, that ain't right. That don't even sound right. God take the foolish things to conform the wise. So I'm telling you, I'm going to stop here because I got more on that breastplate. God is saying, I don't care how saved you are. If you don't know truth 
and have revelation on truth, it got to be revealed. You're not going to make it in this evil world. You're going to be living just like everybody else. So we have to know truth to the point that when we attack by people, and those are the ones that attack you, the closest ones to you, that you still stand for what you believe is right. You got to get to a point that people don't have to always come and tell you. You got to get to the point that when they tell you, you got confirmation from that person, not by not, you got to get in here, y'all. It takes the word to live. Man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Come on, y'all. Loneliness, I'm mentioning this because I'm here in the spirit. Loneliness is not just for a person that's by themselves. Loneliness comes from even married couples. You can be married and still be lonely and have a mate. But when you have Jesus, the way you need him, even in your lonely times with your mate or without a mate, you know the word said, I will never ever leave you nor forsake you. So you don't have to go out there and try to find nothing to complete you. Because when you are born again, the Bible said you are complete in him. Everything you need is in him. But if you hang around folk that are saved and telling you about they boo. I got a boo. He loves me. But he don't love you enough to marry you. I told y'all I'm going to speak whatever I'm hearing. That's my boo. Facebook even know your boo. (laughs) He's the love of my life. Is there a ring on it? Is there a ring on it? Boo could be whining and dining you and whining and dining somebody else and then you find out he got two, three boo. Boo you. (laughs) Keep your business to yourself. Because if you're on Facebook telling them about your boo, the other boo going to pop up on Facebook and boo you. (laughs) Y'all don't get it. The enemy is sneaky. He's sneaky. Come on, there are spirits of perversion out here. That spirit was on the person before they got saved. It left behind some habits with that person after they got saved. And if they don't renew their mind while they saved, they're still going to be dipping and tripping. Because they ain't girded up. Their loins with truth. It's going to be a Jesse out there. It's going to be a woman out there that try to treat them better than you treating them. That's going to cook for them. That's going to talk sweet Jesus in their ear. False prophet, false teacher. Going to tell them how loving they are. And you need to be preaching. And that man going to bow down to that boo. Because they ain't girded up. I know the Holy Ghost is talking right. Because these things is coming just like this. 
as I open my mouth, not a word is going to fall to the ground because y'all going to see it manifest quicker than ever before. Because we're, li- we're living in evil days. You better grab hold. You better grab hold. You better make this Bible your home and not Facebook. Everything that you put before God, you need to cut it off because there's a moving and a shaking. And you don't want to be moved. And this word is what's going to keep you from being moved. Come on, you may sway a little bit, but you're going to be like a tree. Plant it. Plant it. We got to be planted in these evil days, y'all. You can't let in and everything frustrate you to get you out of your place. If you're popping up angry over one word, child, you got to be delivered. No joke. It's something there. It's something there that made you turn into a, a, a fiery furnace. It is. You ain't got angry just that quick. Uh-uh, you got to check yourself. Oh, when you got the Holy Ghost, you don't mind saying, forgive me, that was wrong. When you got the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So we're going to continue this next Sunday with the Lord's help. Because there need to be change, first of all, in the house of the Lord. Now, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I am not you. I am only who God want me to be. I am a new creation in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me. I have a new identity. Oh, have passed. Behold, behold, the new has come. Say, but right now, That new is being delayed. Because I ain't getting in the word. The way I need to be. Some people ain't quoting that part. Because they say I'm already there. Hallelujah anyhow. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen, amen, amen. Here in my spirit. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.